there or evening in Europe or early morning in Australia. I don't know why I'm all blurry. Why am I all blurry? I have never figured out this thing. Or maybe, I don't know, if I have to be in the middle of it. Let's see. No, Obake? What? Did you make Papa? You drew Papa? I'm here with my daughter. You want to say hello to everybody? If you come over here, they can see you. But she's off to the side drawing pictures. My little three-year-old just turned three. Koto, you want to say hi to everybody? Yeah. I mean, they can't. You can't see them, but they're out there. That's Koto. Looking at the screen. The camera's above the screen. That's why it looks like we're looking down. Wanna look up at the camera and you can see the screen. She she slept in. She was gonna be with her mama, but she slept in, so it'll be a little bit of a more improvised kind of thing. You wanna sit down, Bob? You can sit in that chair there. One month from yesterday, I'm flying off to Copenhagen, abandoning this poor child. Just for a few weeks, though, don't worry. Then I'll be back. And uh, going to Denmark and Iceland, and maybe Sweden. So if anybody's watching from Scandinavia, that's what's happening one month from yesterday. And um, I thought I'd dedicate today's uh, set to Scandinavia. A place well worthy of dedicating a set to. And um, this is a song I did on a, a whole lot on a tour of Sweden and Norway um, and Denmark with Christian Svensson in 2015 on the 100th anniversary of the execution of Joel Emanuel Heglund from Jefle. Joel Heglund came from Sweden, which was very far from Eden. By the time he left, most of his family died. His sisters and his mother, his father and his brothers, so with one remaining sibling at his side. He got a notion to sail across the ocean where he heard the streets were paved with gold. Not long after his arrival, as he toiled for survival, he realized the bill of goods that he'd been sold. He 
got a whole lot wiser, became an organizer, and he organized with artistry and skill. He spoke up, raised his fist, got right on the blacklist, that's why he changed his name to Joe Hill. He heard that it was best if he headed to the west where the industrial workers of the world were finding the solutions for making revolution with red songbook and red flag unfurled. A hundred years ago, the bard with the union card proved his music was too powerful, too strong. They couldn't stand the sound. They had to take him down, lest he organize the working class in song. Soon as he paid his dues, he tried hard to light the fuse, speaking, singing, writing lyrics and cartoons. He sent off the whole mess to the wobbly press, and they sang his songs as they fought the goons. He joined a singing movement that fought for improvement by abolishing wage slavery worldwide. He sang the wobbly line, beseeching workers to combine, learn from Mr. Block the bosses lied. A hundred years ago the bard with the union card proved his music was too powerful, too strong. They couldn't stand the sound, they had to take him down, lest he organize the working class in song. His life would be cut short by a kangaroo court eager to determine one man's fate. Evidence was circumstantial, but that's inconsequential when you've become an enemy of the state. They put him up against the wall, that was all. They gunned him down in 1915. He took all the bullets he could take there by the Salt Lake for being the best bard they'd ever seen. A hundred years ago, the bard with the union card proved his music was too powerful, too strong. They couldn't stand the sound. They had to take him down, lest he organize the working class in song. A hundred years ago, the bard with the union card proved his music was too powerful, too strong. They couldn't stand the sound. They had to take him down, lest he organize the working class in song. Lest he organize the working class in song. Joe Hill, Joel Emmanuel Heglund from Yefle. will be long remembered. Let's see. Um, I'm just looking at comments of which there have been a fair number of hellos and haze and, uh, excellent. Hello, everybody, including some in, in the, in the, uh, target nations, uh, Denmark, Sweden. Good to see you all out there. Um. Koto's still on the in on the chair right next to me here. I'd move the webcam so you could see her and move back again, but operations like that tend to result in me kicking myself offline, so I'll just leave everything the way it is. 
And if you hear her talking, that's her talking. It'll only add to everything, I'm sure. So um, a few years after, around the time that Joel Emanuel Hegland and, um, was executed in um, the United States, there was a lot of similar kinds of uh, syndicalist activity going on all over Scandinavia, lots of uh, union organizing of various sorts. And um, there was a pivotal moment that came in 1918. There's a nice article about it you can find in, in uh, English. If you look for the, look for the uh, Battle of the Borso, you'll find it. The Battle of the Stock, Stock Exchange. The year was 1918. The place 69 yacht by. The unemployed and hungry gathered to ask why. The bankers and stockbrokers lived like kings and queens while the ragged children starved behind the scenes. Tens of thousands rallied for action to be taken, for the state to show the poor had not been totally forsaken. When no response was coming, plans began to be arranged for the taking over of the stock exchange. The syndicalists at Folketsuset were all well aware that undercover cops were everywhere. Plans were kept secret so there wouldn't be a snag. When the time came, follow the one wrapped in the red flag. Thousands followed them, knowing not what lay in store, soon found themselves upon the stock exchange's floor where such ostentatious wealth cried out to be estranged from the profiteers inside the stock exchange. The stockbrokers were not harmed, but the cops were kept at bay as the floor was occupied for much of the day. The Battle of the Borso would be a story to retell. The protest and the prison time would be remembered well. They didn't overthrow the bankers, but the actions of the date led directly to reforms of the Danish welfare state. Working class prosperity no longer seemed so strange from the day the workers took the stock exchange. The year was 1918, the place 69 yacht by. And of course, uh, 69 Yacht Vive, it seems familiar to Danes out there. Um, it should be because it's the same address as the old Ungdomshuset, um, which of course since moved to 61 Dorteri. And I will probably be playing a show at the new Ungdomshuset on 61 Dorteri, as I did a few months ago, last time I was in Denmark as I've done many times, and uh, I played at the old Ungdomshuset many, many times before. And um, and it was uh, some of the most uh, memorable times of my life, for sure, was uh, both playing at the old uh, and new Ungdomshusets, and also uh, 
perhaps particularly the, I guess it was 16 months of marches uh, that went on um, weekly and sometimes more than weekly uh, between the times the old house was destroyed and the new house was moved into. And um, there was uh, only one thing that I thought might be a beneficial side effect of the old house being raided and destroyed. And that was what I wrote this poem about, called Ungdomshuset's Microphone. The house of the people was built in 1898. In Danish, that's Folketshuset. It was a union hall, first rate. In the 1970s, it fell into disrepair, and in 82, it got squatted by kids with spiky hair. It became a punk rock social center and left wing to the core. Since I came to Copenhagen, I did shows there by the score. But the first time that I played there, I was nearly felled by the most disgusting microphone I have ever smelled. As I approached the mic stand and took in a deep breath, I was overpowered by the rotting stench of death. I managed to recover and make it through the night, but if there's a stinkier mic than that one, I haven't smelled it yet. That was supposed to be set, not night. Anyway, between anarchists and government, it's not an easy dance. And when a Christian sect bought Ungdomshuset, the state jumped at the chance. The cops landed on the roof in the middle of the night, filled the place with tear gas and geared up for a fight. Masked workers came from Poland. They were taken to that spot. And guarded by police, they then destroyed the squat. But as the smoke was rising, I thought, well, at least that really stinky microphone would be thankfully deceased. Yes, as the smoke was rising, I thought about those nights. A room packed full of nose rings glittering in the lights. Everybody smoking all kinds of different things and the stinkiest mic through which I've ever tried to sing. There were weekly demonstrations with kids about to lose it. They said, the government took our building. Give us a no ungdoms who's it. There were protests, there were riots, there were burning barricades, there were politicians looking on at the mess they'd made. Thirty squatters were in prison, and when I was back in town, we went there to visit at the edge of Colbenhown. I got on the sound truck and I began to strum, and I was suddenly accosted by the smell of someone's bum. It was then I realized, without a single doubt, that microphone had been rescued. Someone had gotten it out. Here it was before me. A reminder of the past, before cops and helicopters came and filled the place with gas. After quite a lot of struggle, the kids got another squat. And the punks are back in Denmark, whether you like it or not. It's a movement that inspired folks, wherever they may be. For example, in Malmö, just across the Baltic Sea. Or, actually, not the Baltic Sea, but the, uh, what's it called? Ulusund where someone opened a museum to recall struggles far and near, where sitting on a shelf I observed with cheer a thing so noxious and repulsive that it took my breath away. The world's most offensive mic was now Exhibit A. After That mic had been retired and was now beyond rebuke after years of service amid the cigarettes and puke, and it should surely have a place. Perhaps you feel the same. If someday someone opens the punk rock hall of fame, And somebody asks, have I heard of Dan Berglund? No, a great Swedish communist folk singer. No, I don't think I have. Although I'm a big fan of some other Swedish communist folk singers. That's not one I've come across that I recall. 
my favorite living Swedish communist folk singer, if he qualifies as communist, I don't know, he might be a socialist, Christian Svensson in Malmö, and um, also in the Malmö region, Mikael Via is brilliant. And there are many others, for better or for worse, mainly they write in Swedish. Well, let's see here. Um, I have my I have, I have some other Scandinavia related songs uh, here, and and my daughter's uh, getting tired of the poetry. I think she likes the songs better than the poetry. Let's see here. How about uh, do this one? Got a lot of friends in Denmark and a lot of different social circles I'm so happy to say what you looking for above you want the balloon there you go Is it, she just turned three so we have a, a three balloon here so I'm um of course, this is a Scandinavia marketing uh, pitch here, that, so excuse me, but um, I uh, not only in, on page three of the Socialist Youth, Youth Federation songbook, but I uh, I know some of the folks who built this windmill, and it's an honor to know them. Let's see, but this. Balloon is going to get popped by my guitar strings if it's there, but you might want to move over that way. You want to play with it over here? Why don't you play with it over there, and then it won't get hit by the guitar. Can you go over there and play with it? It was in the 1970s. The fuel crisis had begun. The choices were presented to us as if we had none. Leaders of industry said they could solve the problem by mastering the power of the radioactive atom. Some folks in western Jutland got a notion in their heads. They thought there might be something they could offer up instead. A few hundred people gathered at a little place called Twind and declared their will to harness the power of the wind. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. There were many who said their science wasn't sound, that such a mighty windmill would simply topple to the ground. Some of them were scientists, the vast majority were not, but they knew with years of effort you could do a lot. Word about the project spread far and wide. A hundred thousand visitors came to help and to advise. Till one day these windmill builders drove in with a crane and lifted up their giant wings with a mighty chain. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. 
When Trendcraft was completed, it reached up to the sky. Its wings churned in the air. At 54 meters high, the critics all fell silent. No one now was jeering, as even industry agreed. This was some damn fine engineering. The wind regaled Jutland from the North Atlantic Sea. It was seamlessly converted into electricity. It was power for the people, leukemia for none, when they declared in Denmark, just south of the midnight sun. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. They gave away the patents. They said knowledge should be free. And their plans were copied by a newborn industry. Soon Denmark would be known as a windmill building nation. And it all started with some hippies at the Twindcraft power station. Debates were held in Parliament about which way things should go. Build a nuclear reactor, the majority said no. It could have gone quite differently. In much of the world it did, except for those in Ulfborg who said we're getting off the grid. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. We're gonna build the biggest windmill in the world. Kamala suggests the dam, which is very much definitely on my list here. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, from the environmental movement in Denmark to the environmental movement in Iceland. volcano and the rising ash crystal river rushing past a crystal river flowing free now again like it used to be since now the dam is out of sight blown apart by dynamite blown apart by everyone in the land of the midnight sun a hundred farmers the next day called the cops so they could say if you're looking for one to blame a hundred farmers gave their names gave their names said it was i who couldn't just stand idly by we all knew that sometimes you must commit a crime there was a blast, a booming sound, and the dam came crashing down. In Reykjavik, voices shrill, 
Said the dam should be bigger still By the Loxa Riverside A hundred farms would be washed aside Legal efforts and protests failed But they still had air behind their sails They had air and dynamite So they gathered round late one night There was a blast, a booming sound And the dam came crashing down Prosecutors tried to choose which farmers had lit the fuse, but not a one would tell the tale. Not one farmer went to jail. The dam was never built again, and many still remember when. By the Loxa River, they set things right with a couple sticks of dynamite. There was a blast, a booming sound, and the dam came crashing down. There was a blast, booming sound, and the dam came crashing down. Crashing down. <laughs> oh, what did I just do? Accidentally turned the guitar down. Oops. Where was it? I think around there. Maybe a little louder. That's funny that somebody um, somebody uh, commented, uh, Scandinavia Unite. Um, Scandinavia is a fairly united place these days and fairly united in their practice of social democracy of one form or another. Um, but it was not a united place uh, before. Uh, you know, in the Battle of Lund, 10,000 10, people hacked, them, hacked each other to death, you know, between the Swedes and the Danes. 10,000 people killed each other in Lund uh, was 400 years ago. So it was it was not a united place, and as as Christian Svensson traveling around Denmark and Sweden, uh, we were always looking at these different statues that would it was always like either a, a Swedish Dane killer or a Danish Swede killer, and these if you look at the statues, so often the case. Of course, then in um, I guess it was. One of the most chilling statues was, uh, I guess I was in um, Trondheim, and there was uh, a, a group of Maoists who were showing me around town. And um, this, uh, when, when Norway got its independence, as I recall the story, I believe accurately, when Norway got its independence from Denmark in the early 20th century, and Norway was a colony of Denmark for hundreds of years, which is why half of the Norwegians emigrated to North America instead of only 10% of the Danes. There are other reasons, but being a colony is the main one, I believe. But um, when uh, when Norway became independent from Denmark in the early 20th century, they, there was, among other things that happened, was a statue of a, a ancient Norwegian king, uh, a Chris, one of the earlier Christian kings of Norway, was 
erected uh, way on way high on top of a pedestal. And uh, and this king, uh, just to you know, you know, just to make the point that he was a crusader, um, and that they were apparently proud of them, him and his crusades. Um, the statue had the heads of his victims at his feet. And I thought, well, you know, when I saw these balls at his feet, I thought, well, that's odd because did they have cannonballs a thousand years ago? I thought maybe they did, but I, you know, I'm not really big on military history and, you know, weaponry of the medieval period or whatever. But so I had no idea. But, you know, all I could see was there was balls up at, at his feet, you know, about the size of cannonballs. And then the folks showing me around said, no, those are the heads of his victims. Oh, good. You live in in Trondheim, uh, the the Scandinavian Unite commenter. So maybe you can tell me if this statue, if I'm de describing it correctly. But uh, this is what I recall. And uh, anyway, I wrote this song. Uh, I wrote the song just really uh, ten and a half years ago. <laughs> They say he acted alone for Europe, white and free. A sick and twisted man from an otherwise sane society. The image of Aryan blonde, almost iridescent, with a manifesto quoting from the Crusades to the present. But he stood on many shoulders. Of this we can be sure. A millennia of xenophobes who slaughtered to be pure since before the First Crusade, when a mighty Christian band hacked and stabbed and burned their way to the Holy Land. They say he acted alone, but in his mind he was another. Of those who came before him, his mighty Christian brothers who rolled covered in armor, served their masters well. They vowed to chastity. They vowed to kill the infidel. They marauded west and east. In the name of Christendom, they killed Jews, pagans, Muslims, fellow Christians by the thousand in the name of Jesus. From the Jordan to the Rhine, the Red Cross on their chest plates, their terrifying sign. In the shadow of the night's Templar. They say he acted alone, no one said this of the Pope, whose victims were left burning or hanging from a rope, the Lord's own inquisition. For six centuries, the ethnic cleansing of a continent, a Christian tyranny, European Jews and European Muslims fled the Christian caliphate to be protected by the Sultan. For 500 years, they prospered beneath the Turkish sky for those left behind, convert or die in the shadow of the night's Templar. They say he acted alone, but he's living in a country where the xenophobic right is the second biggest party and he's living on a continent that is overrun with prime ministers who tell us multiculturalism is done. They talk of their traditions. They swell with Christian pride for their civilization built on genocide. Andres Breivik pulled the trigger, but he did not write the play. That script was being written a thousand years ago today in the shadow of the Knights Templar. They say he acted alone, and they want us to believe 
that moderating rhetoric is the best we can achieve, but moderating rhetoric will bring us nowhere near to the understanding that the problem is right here. European empires, European greed, European Christians poison European seeds, European racists running European states, European tolerance for European hate in the shadow of the night's Templar. illustrating how complex humanity is and under different circumstances at different times and places. I Literally the same people who uh, participated in those crusades. Some of their descendants participated in this boat lift. You can be sure of that. When we heard the news we were to be arrested we had no doubt exactly what our fate would be we had hours to get out only hours to be tested for seven thousand people to cross the sea we had to go at night in the cover of the darkness there's no way i could exaggerate the threat we tried not to make a sound or nothing that would mark us but no one knew how far across we'd get I thank God for the fishermen who gave us a ride and took us over to the other side. To find so many boats ready for the journey, to find so many prepared to risk it all. Not everyone could read the stars, not every boat was worthy, not everyone prepared to heed the calm. But I thank God for the fishermen who gave us a ride and took us over to the other side. Some risked everything for free, accepting nothing but a handshake. Some charged enough to live on for a year. But such details don't matter when so much is at stake, when all that matters is a boat that you might steer. We lived out the war in Sweden, while so many others didn't, and most people now would easily agree. To say we deserved asylum would simply be redundant in the boat lift of 1943. I thank God for the fishermen who gave us a ride and took us over to the other side. I thank God for the fishermen who gave us a ride and took us over to the other side. And took us over to the other side. And took us over to the other side. Kota sings along with me so well when I'm singing songs. She gets bored when I'm talking. I was going to tell some stories too, but I, I don't know in particular what stories. And if I talk too much, uh, she'll get bored. Papa? Yes, love? Can I sing some more? Do you mind? We're doing a little concert. I'll play with you after, okay? No singing? We'll see how long this lasts. She says no singing.
treaty was rejected. 1992, most Danish voters were afraid they already knew that it would not be a good thing to give away control to the likes of neoliberals like Mitterrand and Kohl. It was voted down, but then in 1993, the vote was held again for the Maastricht Treaty. This time the ruling parties got it what they were looking for and that very night the city sounded like a place at war on the streets of Copenhagen. The air was full of anger, the reasons for it clear. It had been voted down only just last year. Now we're just supposed to give our sovereignty away to the institutions that don't care what people have to say on the streets of Copenhagen. Stones flew, windows broke, more than many folks could bear as the riot cops fired, tear gas in the air. Before the night was over, the cops stood right there in that spot, fired pistols at the crowd. Eleven people were shot on the streets of Copenhagen. When hard-won rights are lost, when ruling parties throw them out, they may pretend to wonder what the riots are about. But anywhere near Norbro, you'd find few who disagree about exactly what happened on that night in 1993 on the streets of Copenhagen. On the streets of Copenhagen. Pirate songs is a good idea. Actually, that's very Scandinavian too. Can we sing a pirate song? As anybody who lives on the Atlantic coast in the North Sea area of Germany, Denmark, Norway, you know, et cetera, that whole area, you know that pirates, at least historically, are very popular. And uh, And uh, children's songs are also very popular in Scandinavia. And um, while this song is not a Scandinavian song about Scandinavia, it is about pirates and it's a children's song. So it might as well be Scandinavian. Here's to the children's power movement of Denmark. I went outside one night and man was standing there. He had a great big beard and lots and lots of hair. He said, won't you come down to the shore and join my jolly crew? We'll wander around the world beneath the skies of blue. We'll sail upon the seven seas, travel near and far. 
the rich and give to the poor and say har 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 har. We'll go out on the ocean and when the coast is clear, we'll eat birthday cake. Each day of the year we'll land on a little island Then we'll form a choir Blow on whistles and kazoos And dance around a fire We'll sail upon the seven seas Travel near and far Take from the rich and give to the poor And say har 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 If we see the navy we will shout with pride, we are scary, hairy pirates, so you better run and hide. We'll stamp our feet upon the floor, and our peg legs too. We'll take your stolen treasure, cause that's what pirates do. We'll sail upon the seven seas, travel near and far. Take from the rich and give to the poor, and say har 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 har. We'll sail upon the seven seas, travel near and far. Take from the rich and give to the poor and say har 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 har. Is that okay? <laughs> that was okay? Yep, that was a good idea, Kamala. She likes that. So we're transitioning to songs for the kids. And, um,. Which is really about the most Scandinavian thing you could do. I'm actually I wrote a um, I wrote a children's. I don't want to bore my daughter, so I won't talk too much. But I wrote a children's story, which is apparently soon going to be illustrated by a local brilliant illustrator. We'll see. It might take a while because he works full time uh, doing other things. But um, uh, I wrote this song. I mean, a, a children's story based pretty much like ninety percent on um, Anisette and Thomas Koppel of uh, the band Savage Rose, who uh, we had a gig uh, together at a little festival in Copenhagen one day long time ago and uh, at the at the Karen Mind Kultur who, House. Who's it? Um, Kultur Hus? Um, and, uh, yeah, she's getting bored. And, um, and they told me this story about their daughter and, uh, and this children's animal farm that she was a part of there near the culture house there. And I wrote a story about it. And uh, called the children's animal farm. Eventually, it'll, it, you can look for it. It's online, but not illustrated yet. You bored? What's that, baby? Oh, you want water? You want water? Is there water on the table? I'll get you water in a minute, okay? We'll sing one more song. Should we sing one more song? No singing. I'm disobeying her. I went to play at the playground to do things I like so much. Run with my friends, play make-believe. Swing on the swings and such. But this morning I went to the playground And bullies were guarding the swings They knocked over the slide Dumped out the sandbox Took away all of our things This playground is run by bullies And they're all so big and mean But this playground was made for all of us And we're gonna change this scene
Well, all of us were scared of the bullies. They were so big and we were so small. Till somebody said if we organized, we could be 10 feet tall. We stood on each other's shoulders, put blankets over our heads. We looked like monsters and we roared like lions and those bullies ran home and hid under their beds. This playground was run by bullies and they're all so big and mean. But this playground was made for all of us and we're gonna change this scene. Well, we got that playground back But then we looked across the street Saw the sewage plant belching out smoke Poisoning the ground under our feet It's giving us all asthma And the hour is getting late So we marched across the way And we blocked that factory gate Cause this world is run by bullies And they're all so big and mean But this world was made for all of us And we're gonna change this scene This world is run by bullies And they're all so big and mean But this world was made for all of us And we're gonna change this scene ah wonderful so let's see she she was saying no more but now I think she's okay hello Koto and since my host in Iceland is watching one more song about Iceland. Ah, Julene Jordan, so nice to see you pop up there. Facebook. My favorite rock and roll DJ. So I know I'm, I'm often hesitant to sing this song with actual Icelandic people in the audience because because I know that the government in power kind of sucks now. And I don't know what's up with that. But there was a time when things were very impressive. Huh? You know, we don't want water. I should have gotten you water before. There's no water on the table? She pretends she doesn't know how to pour water just to kind of get me out of here. You know, she knows how to pour water. And now she's going to go prove she knows how to pour water. She heard that. 
Iceland is an island with half a million or so Vikings, mostly known for volcanoes, hot springs, and fishing, known for its welfare state for being good and socialistic, certainly not known for being corrupt or nepotistic, but in the USA and Europe when they were deregulating banks, Iceland's politicians took bribes and joined their ranks. Soon you had a situation one would think just couldn't be. A bank whose debt was worth ten times the country's GDP. When Wall Street imploded, sure enough it spread. Banks all over the world were floating in the red. All over the world, governments made the plan to cut spending and raise taxes on the working woman and working man. The banks were bailed out while the people had to pay. But in Iceland, people thought there must be a better way. And the earth stood still a moment. Fear was struck in every top. When Iceland told the bankers, Iceland told the bankers, Iceland told the bankers to fuck off. Folks were in the streets in Reykjavik and just couldn't be ignored. They said this is a debt we Icelanders can't afford. Let's guarantee deposits of all our people, yes indeed. But as for all the speculators motivated by their greed to make really dumb investments to them, Iceland said good luck. Sorry for your losses, but we don't really give a fuck. The 1% all trembled when they took away the trough. When Iceland told the bankers, Iceland told the bankers, Iceland told the bankers to fuck off. Gordon Brown called them terrorists, said we cannot let this stand. Who do these peacenik blondes think they are in Iceland? He threatened isolation an economy in flames, but the Icelanders said sorry, but the banks can settle their own claims, though that might be harder for them now that they're under house arrest, or else they fled the country as they were most unwelcome guests, and now Reykjavik's recovery just makes the fat cat scoff, since Iceland told the bankers, Iceland told the bankers, Iceland told the bankers to fuck off. If you haven't heard of this example, Perhaps there's a reason why. The owners of the world don't want this kind of shit to fly. They say we all must pay up in this shakedown by the mob if we can't afford to pay the rent because we don't have a job. They say it's not their problem if we're forever shackled by their debt. We must save the 1% from the fate they should have met. But there is an alternative, though it makes the fat cats cough since Iceland told the bankers. Iceland told the bankers. Iceland told the bankers to fuck off. Since Iceland told the bankers, Iceland told the bankers, Iceland told the bankers to fuck off. Uh-oh, you couldn't get the water, babe? She's still looking for a glass of water. This is serious neglect. Serious parental neglect right here. Okay, one more song, then I'll get you some water. Okay, we'll just close this out. Where did all these viewers come from? All of a sudden, we got twice as many viewers. What's going on here?
Well, if you missed the rest of the show, which you must have because you just came here, then it'll be online um, You know, when I'm done. You can watch the whole thing afterwards. And also, uh, it'll be on podcast in podcast form if you look for This Week with David Rovix, wherever podcasts are found. And if you want to support my efforts, then go to davidrovix.com slash subscribe or patreon.com slash davidrovix and become one of my supporters, which is how I survive these days. Spotify, a wonderful Scandinavian corporation. Oh, I should do songs about Spotify. That's a Scandinavian subject. They uh, Apparently 23% of my audience on Spotify comes from Spotify's algorithm, so that's nice, actually. It's very nice, but um, it'd be nice if they paid something too, but I didn't even think about doing a song about Spotify. That's very Scandinavian, but I forgot. I forgot about Spotify being Scandinavian. I could still do that. Let's see. If I can remember it. The song. I haven't practiced it, but I was thinking of this one, which is also very Scandinavian. Mayday. Mayday is, I mean, it's a global thing, but it's especially a Scandinavian thing. If you've been to Scandinavia, you know. Red flags everywhere. I love it. year on the 1st of May, known around the world as International Workers' Day. You'll still see people marching in every corner of the earth. St. John de Santiago, Kerala to Perth, all keeping alive the fantasy what could happen down the line when the workers of the world combine. You can see us gathering early in the morn. Some are celebrating the shackles we have shorn. While so many billions are just waiting for the moment that we might stop losing the class war. When someday we can all say, yeah, we're doing fine. When the workers of the world combine. arrives. Maybe it looks like mating, like a festival that comes home and doesn't go away. Every race and gender, every walk and station, with the working class united, every land and nation. Then just watch what happens when we follow the same sign. When the workers of the world combine. month of the year on the 1st of May known around the world as International Workers Day Let's see Each time a song was streamed, I received one cent. This is exactly what I need. Each month pay the rent. I mean, uh, no, I don't remember.
remember the song. I made that calculation. Looking at the stats, must be a lot of people wearing the same hat. The concept may not be perfect. In the streaming age, if we one form a movement, could be the first stage. The idea is very simple. Set up some ground rules, otherwise big tech make millions. Plays the rest of us for fools. Now I'm dreaming about the day. No, I don't remember this. No, that's a terrible way to end on a song I don't remember. I've written two songs about Spotify. I'm very curious to check out this other one somebody mentioned, Exposure Kills. That's a wonderful name for a song. You can die of exposure. That's what Chris Chandler always would say when people would say, um, you want to do a gig? Uh, <laughs> doesn't pay anything, but he'd say, you can die of exposure. You know? But there's another request. It is also very Scandinavian, this song. Even though it's not specifically about Scandinavia. Because uh, one of the things about Scandinavia for me may seem really silly for people who live there, uh, but for th the rest of us, it's not. Um, it's a hopeful place. It's a very hopeful place. It gives, it gives, it gives many of us hope for how society could be. And I, I know y you folks who live there see the downside of it much more than the upside oftentimes, especially the youthful radicals I hang out with. And you're right, of course, to be uh, seeing the downside and struggling to make Scandinavia a better place. But because uh, if you didn't do that, then surely it wouldn't stay that way. But, but it sure is an amazing place. And I'm looking forward to visiting. Um, February 18th, I land in Copenhagen. I'll be there till March 1st, and I go to Iceland. I'll be there for six days in Iceland. So if you're in Denmark, Iceland, Sweden, I'd love to hear from you. Koto, you've been such a good kid. Thank you. I'll get you some water. I know I said that a long time ago. This is not a good parenting example here. An old cloth torn in the frame Came like a clarion call to illustrate the saying United we stand, divided we fall A thin veneer torn by disease Shredded the great con laid bare Come from across the seas Now floating in the air Like a corpse that's lying exposed That all of us now can see at all the cadaver shows about a society the veil of fantasy lifted that gives us at least some idea how another world is possible and i can hear her breathing now Red blood that flows from the bullet Whether coated in rubber or not Like the faces you see in the helmet Reflecting the thickening plot Driven by such a villain As a thing exponential allows It says another world is possible And I can hear her breathing now
pallor on so many faces on every end of the town on the murals in so many places boarded up long ago shut down making all the connections between the mule and the plow says another world is possible can hear her breathing now. Like the smoke rising up coast to coast, with formations that brighten the skies. Like Lord Thomas Jefferson's ghost, his victims no longer disguised. As his visage falls into the river, like the skull of an old sacred cow, another world is possible. And I can hear her breathing now. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And I will be back uh, next uh, week uh, to be uh, talking to Scott Harris of Between the Lines uh, Radio. And, uh, and then I'll be back again doing concerts. And this is Koto. And thanks so much, Koto, for being such a good kid. And, and I hope you haven't struggled through the concert too much. And I'm going to get you some water now. And um, thank you all for... Oh, and as for Empty, who says it would be great if I could squeeze Norway into the tour, I totally could, but I need a good paying gig there because I would need to be... Get, I would need to take take a ferry from Aalborg or take a flight or a train from Copenhagen or something like that, so uh, preferably a ferry from Aalborg. Um, so I would love to play in Norway, but it needs to be a very... A, you know, just not extremely exceptionally well paying but it definitely needs to be a good paying gig because i would need to be covering the cost of transport along with you know other things okay um but i'd love to hear from anybody in norway sweden denmark or iceland who might be inclined to organize something or if you just want to meet up for coffee uh go to davidrovics.com click contact or you can drop me a line on facebook or twitter or signal telegram whatsapp all right. Take care, everybody. Keep on keeping on, and I will see you soon. Bye for now.